Hey there, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold and all Big Sky football fans. You're listening to this week's episode of Big Sky Big Takes here on Tubs of the Club as it is syndicated throughout the Big Sky Podcast Network. We remind you that all content you find here on Tubs of the Club is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donate 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. 8% of their profits are donated to local Idaho causes, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Make sure to visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get... Yeah, ass some snacks. Now, please enjoy this week's episode of Big Sky Big Takes, a part of the Big Sky Podcast Network. It is episode number eight, and are back with a new Big Sky Big Takes here around the horn style Big Sky podcast brought to you by the Big Sky Podcast Network and Montana Mint Sports. In consecutive weekends, the Sacramento State Hornets have knocked off Eastern Washington, Montana State, and the Grizz. I'm here even though the Grizz had a horrible loss this weekend, so compliments to me. Idaho continues its streak of bizarre outcomes after being a six and a half point underdog. Uh, knocking off little brother Idaho State in convincing fashion over the weekend. And both Eastern Washington and UC Davis have righted the ships and had nice wins this past Saturday. Joining me to discuss these questions and all the other top Big Sky news is a very distinguished panel from the Montana Mint Sports Pod, Montana's first best and favorite gambling expert, Montana Parlay, from Tubbs at the Club and the editor of the Montana Mint Sports newsletter, Brian Morceau the host of the Eagles Power Hour, all things Eastern Washington Eagles, Eagles top fan Kyler Neal, and the top Northern Arizona beat reporter, first time on the pod, from the Arizona Daily Sun, Lance Hartzler. Fellas, let's get right into it. Uh, Let's go around the league, have a few questions for you here, and I want to talk playoffs. We are approaching the end of October, which is shocking. It seems like the season just started, but it's almost the end of October, uh, and we still have a lot of uncertainty in the air for the Big Sky Conference playoff picture. In this question, this round only, I want to focus on the two Montana schools. Let's start with Montana, the Grizz. Coming off their first FCS loss, uh, Sacramento State this past weekend, where they lost big, they lost maybe Dalton Sneed for the upcoming game. What are the odds that the Grizz make the playoffs this year? Kyler Neal, let's start with you. Yeah, so I think their odds are still really good. Each team can afford one loss in the next five games to be, in my opinion, 100% still locked for the playoffs. Um, two more losses and each are on the bubble and maybe out, they may be in, we're not sure. But looking at Montana, you know, they've got the much tougher task in the um, for these upcoming weeks over MSU. Um, good thing is, I believe Montana is a better overall team than Montana State. But yeah, they both look like they should make the playoffs. But this season is not over yet. There's been a little bit of chaos in the big sky. So we'll see how these next five weeks play off. Montana Parlay, as a Cats fan, what do you like about the what do you think about the Grizz's playoff chances? Well, I I agree with Kyler uh, that uh the Grizz might be better overall. Although 
I don't know if they can win without Dalton Snead against good teams, whereas the Cats can play with anyone with any quarterback with the way their team is set up, or at least compete. And their schedule's much easier. So, you know, both teams are sitting at five wins, and the Grizz are versus Eastern Washington at Portland State versus um, Idaho versus Weber and at MSU. I think their chances sit somewhere between uh, 65, right around 65%. That's highly dependent on Dalton Sneed being healthy. Whereas the Cats, their schedules, North Dakota, Southern Utah, at Northern Colorado, at UC Davis, and versus UM, I put them at right around 80-85%. My biggest worry is if they get that trap game in Greeley before heading to Davis in Montana, that could be trouble. Lance, you don't have a, a, yeah. a dog in this fight. Um, start with the Bobcats. What do you think? Give us a percentage. What's their chance of making the playoffs this year? Man, I got to agree with the common theme that you guys have been talking about. I think Montana State has the easier schedule to finish up the season than Montana. Totally. Playing Northern Colorado, playing Southern Utah, they got gimmies. And obviously with UC Davis coming up, that's not necessarily a gimme, but they're reeling a little bit, and you can pull a win if you're Montana State and trust that defense. That offense has been a little bit hit and miss, but you get the run game going. They can do what they did to NAU a couple weeks back where they just explode in the second half and really pose a threat to Montana. If they can pull ahead, that last game really becomes the decider for which one makes the playoffs in my mind. And for, for the Cats specifically, if you had to put a percentage on it, where would you rank them? Where would you put them? I'd give them about a 70% chance. All right. Brian Marceau, you have you follow big picture, big sky more than anyone, mostly because Idaho is so bad. There's no sense <laughs> in focusing on them. But from your perspective, both the Cats and the Grids, give us a percent chance that, uh, for each of those teams making the playoffs. Starting with the Cats, this has to be 90%. If the Cats don't make the playoffs, it's because they have absolutely face-planted towards the end of the year. They, they have Southern Utah and Northern Colorado as two of their last five games, plus UC Davis is going to be eliminated from the playoffs by the time they play in that second to last week. If the Cats don't make it, it's absolutely because the team we thought they were just doesn't exist, and what Jeff Choate did is he built nothing on last year's squad. But I think they're better than last year, so they should make the playoffs. Montana's way, it's a way bigger question, because first off, like everyone said, Dalton Sneed's out. But second, it's real important for the Grizz, I think, to pick up wins the next three weeks versus Eastern at Portland State and against Idaho at home because uh, they close out with Weber and Montana State. And the last thing Montana wants to do is have to pull out a win against Weber or Montana State with Dalton Sneed maybe not being at 100% health. So I, I put the totally. Grizz at 60 60%. And you touched on, on a few of these teams. So let's let's take the first one you mentioned, UC Davis. Obviously came into the season with a lot of hype. Great run in the playoffs. Great regular season last year. And everyone assumed that this was a team that had put it all together. But they have not. Their record doesn't reflect kind of the expectations going into the year. Brian, you had already touched on So let's let's start with you here. UC Davis, what's their chance of making the playoffs? To me, UC Davis, they're essentially done. I put their chance at 10. Uh, they can afford maybe one more loss, and they close out with with Weber State, Montana, the, Weber State at Portland State. Then they host Montana State, close the year to everyone's darling right now, Sacramento State. There's no way these guys make the playoffs. Part of the the big difference between this this season and last season, Jake Meyer is still great, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Uh, but the UC Davis defense has been nowhere near as strong as it was last year, and 
Um, Meyer probably cost them a couple games early uh, when he had some turnover issues. And I just think because of how strong the big sky is top to bottom, UC Davis has essentially no breathing room. Uh, like I said, 10% max that they make the playoffs. Montana Parlay, two other teams who came in with a lot of expectations, uh, very different outcomes uh, so far this year. Weber State, Eastern Washington, give me a percentage for each of those teams making the playoffs. Well, I'll start with the best chance, and that's Weber. Uh, They're already sitting on five wins, so that's a huge advantage over Eastern. They do have a tough schedule. Uh, At UC Davis and at Sac State, back-to-back, uh, they are not favored at UC Davis, even though Weber's number four in the country. Uh, they are uh, the underdog at UC Davis, and they'll definitely be the underdog at Sac State, barring bad injuries. And then, you know, their schedule evens out a little bit. So I put their odds right around uh, 65, uh, maybe 70% at best. Eastern, very interesting. They dug themselves a hole early, as we all know. Uh this weekend is their Super Bowl because they're at Montana. The spread opened at nine points, but I think that game's a coin flip. They win that. They're in the driver's seat because they'll be favored in their last four games. Uh, I put their odds just under 40%. Lance, between Eastern Washington and UC Davis, which of those teams do you like more to get a playoff seat? Oh, man, I don't think they both have a very high chance, but if I had to pick one, it'd be Eastern. <laughs> And not by much. UC Davis has not a great schedule coming up. Obviously, they've been reeling a bit this year. They're going to lose to Weber State immediately. We saw what Weber can do against a team like that has a high-powered offense like NAU comparable to UC Davis. I'd give Eastern about a 30% chance. UC Davis is like five. And Kyler, you're the Eagles fan here. What you know, we're, I don't want to step on our drill down segment, but what what does Eastern Washington need to do to kind of close out the year and meet the expectations of a team that was in the national championship last year? That was the favorite to win the Big Sky Conference. Like, what needs to happen for them for them to turn this thing around? Yeah, I mean, the the main thing they just need to do is win out. Um, but even if they win out, there's no guarantee they make the playoffs. If they win out, they're still bubble, in my opinion. The good news is, you know, Eastern Washington only, in my opinion, has one more tough matchup. I'm sorry, Lance, it is not NAU. It is Montana. <laughs> um, and and if That's they fair. win, That's you know, fair. if they win and they go seven and one, you know, there, it's hard to deny a Big Sky team who goes seven and one a playoff spot. But at the same time, with their D two win, Eastern Washington might be that first seven and one Big Sky team that doesn't make the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting. But just to even have a chance. They need to play like every game as a playoff game and win out just to be on that bubble. It's really shocking, really shocking at how things have turned out for the Eagles this year um, with the expectations they had. The one team we haven't talked about in terms of top of the Big Sky Conference, Sac State mentioned them in the intro. They were ranked dead last, not towards the bottom, but dead last in the Big Sky Podcast Network power power rankings. And half a season later, middle of October, they are sitting at number one. They beat Eastern Washington. They beat Montana State on homecoming in Bozeman, and they beat Montana this past weekend. It's truly an amazing and unique story. I want to think kind of big picture sports-wise. You know, what is the most comparable story we have to this insane Sacramento State uh, narrative this year? Lance, as someone in Arizona, what, tell me what you're thinking in terms of a, a sports comparison. 
I'm going to go with one that's not too far away from Sac State over in the Bay Area. The San Francisco 49ers came into this season really penciled in down in the bottom of the NFC West with the Arizona Cardinals. I, for one, didn't think Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be anything. I thought he wasn't going to be as good of a quarterback as he's been. But they come in, they're undefeated. They surprise, they turn heads, they have a high-powered offense with a solid quarterback with a surprising run game, backed by a good defense and a mostly, not necessarily new coaching staff, but rejuvenated franchise and like Sac State where they're really just rolling, they got the offense, they got the defense, they're turning heads. It's yet to see with the San Francisco 49ers if they can keep it rolling, but that's how I see it. Very similar in the way they've kind of come up through the ranks the past year or so. I love that you said that. When I, I was at Big Sky Media Days this year, and I asked Coach Troy Taylor, of Sacramento State, to compare his squad to an other to uh, an NFL team, and he said the the Forty ers of the nineteen eighties, and I I laughed in his face. Like, you gotta be kidding me, man! The Forty ers uh, but I do think there's a lot of comparisons there, and they, yeah, it's just it's truly truly amazing how they turn this thing around. Montana Parley, I'm sure you're gonna give us. Uh, you know, one of your hero stories from your intramural college days, but uh, what's a comparable sports story in your mind to the Sacramento State season? Well, I'm actually changing here on the fly because, uh, you know, I had Kurt Warner and the Rams the year they were 201 to win the Super Bowl, change futures betting forever. Uh, Vegas doesn't give you those types of long odds in the NFL anymore. But I'm going to bring it closer to home and a little closer to present day, and it really comes down to the coaching change. Troy Taylor took a very talented team and put everything together. And recently we've seen that with the Golden State Warriors. When Steve Kerr came on, um, the Warriors were 25-1 to to win the NBA championship his first year at coaching. Yours truly put a few dollars on that future bet. And guess what he did? He put, he put the great talent together that already existed, and they just blew through the NBA, um, blew guys away, and won the championship that year. Brian Marceau, where are you at? we got the 49ers, the Golden State Warriors. Who do you compare Sacramento State to? To me, the Sac State story transcends sports. So I'm going to reach out to the, to the screen. Matthew Lewis actor famous for portraying the feckless bumbler Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter films, and he looked every inch the feckless bumbler Neville was. Matthew Lewis turns 20. Suddenly, he's the most attractive man across the Atlantic. That's Sac State this year. They got the best defense and the best offense in the big sky. They are the Matthew Lewis of the United States. I love it. Kyler Neal closes out here. Sac State, what's their most, uh, uh, what's the best comparison for them? Well, man, it's, it's hard to follow up with Harry Potter, but I guess we'll try to you know bring it back into sports. Um, I'm going to say they were actually like the 2015 Cleveland Cavaliers. So in 2014, the Cavaliers were 10th in the West. They were 23 games back from being a playoff team. Boom, 2015 happens. You know, they get a new coach, a coach who does, you know, he's resembling Troy Taylor as, you know, he's able to develop his talent. And then also they get their star back, LeBron James, which Kevin Thompson, he was injured last year. So, you know, you get your legit quarterback back, a.k.a. LeBron James of the NBA. All of a sudden, the team's not a joke anymore. They are a legit national contender if they can keep up this pace. Yeah, they're the 2015 Cleveland Cavaliers. All right. Do you think we've properly jinxed them? We've compared them to the undefeated 49ers, the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> uh, heartthrob Matthew Lewis, and uh, they just compared their quarterback to LeBron James. Sacramento State, hopefully we have jinxed you 
thoroughly enough to knock you out of the playoff picture. Let's move to the drill down. We have you all on here for a reason. You each know your specific teams uh, very well, and we want to talk about them. Montana Parley, I'm going to start with you and the Bobcats. They're coming off a bye week. This game, they're going on the road to North Dakota, who's been frisky at times this year. Uh, the line opened with Bobcats, I believe, a two-and-a-half-point underdog, but the line has since moved to a pick'em. Is there anything, as a Cat fan, that you're worried about going into this game? I'd say so. You know, when the line first came out, I was a little shocked, and then I you know, almost sprained an ankle sprinting to go put as much money on a few teases as possible. I think Cats will, at worst, <laughs> keep this game close. They should win. Uh, but you know what? It's in a dome. North Dakota's feisty, and the Cats are coming off a bye, which, you know, should help, but it's sometimes tough in that first half when you're on the road when you haven't played in a week. I I really think the Bobcats should take care of business, but it's going to be one of those where I'm not feeling good about it. I'll have a couple beers. I'll calm down. Once Troy Anderson or Travis Johnson breaks a touchdown, I'll feel a lot better. Yeah, hopefully we see some uh, Troy Anderson this weekend. I think that would make every Bobcat fan feel a little bit better. Kyler Neal, the Eastern Washington Eagles, season has not gone as you planned, as we've discussed, but they do have a big game this weekend, a must-win game, a Super Bowl-type game, traveling to Missoula to face the Grizz. What does Eastern Washington need to do to win this game? And how does the Dalton Sneed injury impact how the Eagles prepare? Yeah, so since it's a two-part question, I'll answer it in two parts. Here's what Eastern Washington needs to do to beat Montana. First off, we need to expose their weakest position, which is by far Montana's cornerbacks. Montana's tied for six worst passing defense in the FCS. You know, they're giving up over 300 yards through the air. Um, good news is Eastern Washington throw the ball. We're one of the you know best passing offenses in the country. And then next thing we need to do is create turnovers. Right now, Eastern Washington is a top 20 team in the country at creating turnovers. And I believe we're 51-0 and zero in the, um, this decade where we're winning the turnover battle. So hopefully we can make that 52-0. to zero. And then how does Dalton Sneed's injury impact the game? Honestly, I'm not even sure he is injured. This might just be a Bobby Houck tactic. I, I'm not sure. We'll have to wait to see how it plays out. But I don't think this injury actually impacts the game that much. Our defense made freaking Mason Petrino look like a god. He was able to only throw six yards up the middle, and guess what? That was enough to beat us. So if you have any quarterback and you can maybe throw five yards, you got a chance to ball against us this year. So uh, (laughs) I don't think the injury of Dalton Sneed actually impacts the Grizz that much. Well, I think you may be uh, underestimating kind of what Dalton Sneed can do on the ground opening up the game, but I take your point on Mason Petrino. You're sometimes better off having – just a, a passing machine randomly shooting balls down the field than a shitty quarterback. Uh, Lance, I want to talk to you about Northern Arizona. Um, came in, you know, I think everyone in, in Montana, in sports sphere, Big Sky Podcast Network sphere, likes Northern Arizona. I think we like Case Cookus because he seems like such a good dude. Um, but they've struggled, and they've struggled on the defensive end of the ball. There's three FCS road losses this season. They've given up 40 49 and 51 points uh that 51 points against weaver state who has one of the worst offenses uh we've seen and we'll talk about later but what can can you trust nau when it has this type of defense 
it's kind of sad because when you have a guy like Case Cook, as you would think you can trust them to contend for a Big Sky title, but they can't because, like Kyler, your t- Eastern decides to let any quarterback look amazing, right? They make Mason Petrina look like a god. NAU does that to just offenses. They make anybody, any running back, if you have a competent running back or competent quarterback, there's a good chance they're going to have a career day. <laughs> and this weekend they get Portland State, who's got Sergio Hoffman, who at one time was an NAU signee. Somehow never made it to campus. He's got a little bit chip on his shoulder. It's going to be rough sledding for NAU when they just let deep offenses really just go off. Oh, yeah. Whenever you have that revenge factor, that can be that can be troubling. And Brian, let's end with you. Uh, Idaho, huge win. Battle of the Domes. Huge win this weekend. Congratulations. And they did it. The Vandals did it without Mason Petrino at quarterback. God love him. I'm sure he's a good kid, but he is a coach's son, and he has not played well. But he's on the on the bench uh, because of concussion protocol. Junior quarterback Colson Richardson came in and looked really good, put in the best passing performance uh, of Idaho since they rejoined the big sky. Considering Mason Petrino's turnover struggles, which were real, uh, and that Idaho is out of the playoff picture uh, almost for sure. Will we see the team take advantage of the redshirt rule and give Richardson more than a cameo showing? This is one of the underreported or un- or less known stories of the Big Sky this year is how just criminally bad Paul Petrino has been at running this Idaho team. Richardson's already used all four of his games when he shouldn't have played at all until Portland State. Petrino had the quote-unquote quarterback competition between his son Mason and Colton Richardson through the first two games. Coach Petrino pissed away two games of Colton Richardson's eligibility, having the kid throw 14 total passes in weeks one and two. The kid had no shot whatsoever. He should have just named his son the starter because everyone knew that's what was going to happen. So now fast forward, Mason's bad just like everyone knew he was going to be. And our our best backup can't play because he's burned his four games. So the question is, do we go from the first stringer to our third stringer, Nikhil Nair, who actually looked great in limited play against Idaho State? I think there's no way Paul Petrino does the right thing and lets his son just sit out the rest of the year. Um, and, you know, the, there's a dark cloud lifted over the dome when Mason didn't play. I'm not kidding. We love the kid. We wish the best for him. But every Vandal was ecstatic to not see him take the field. I don't. Th- I think that cloud's coming right back next week when we're off our bye. Man, that's too bad. I did not realize about uh, Richardson's eligibility. Uh, it, Paul Petrino earning that $1.4 million paycheck. Um, it, guys, we're going to move on to Fantasy Builder. Thank you for the drill down. That was very informative. But before we move on to Fantasy Builder, just want to give a big shout out to our main sponsor, Mon- the Montana Mint Store. Big Sky Big Takes, as you know, is a joint production of Montana Mint Sports and the Big Sky Podcast Network. We're very proud uh, for both entities to be sponsored by the Montana Mint Store. We would not be here if it weren't for the Montana Mint Store. We just absolutely love them. Those those of us from Montana or anyone who's listening that's been to Montana knows that fashion in the big sky is uh, uh, not very creative at times. One, one company will put out a design that's, that's cool, and all of a sudden, everybody in the state's wearing it. Let's look at the, the hats that have the state outlined in Montana with roots coming out of them or the home within the outline of the, of the state shirts with a period after it. Everybody owns one. Everybody wears it. It makes it hard to stand out. The Montana Mint Store, uh, the guys who run it, the designers who run it, that drove them crazy, so they decided – 
to just do limited runs of everything they produce. That means when you buy something from the Montana Mint store, there's only a limited number of those that are out there in the market, giving you a chance to stand out when you buy it. Check out the Montana Mint store. It helps support cool things like this podcast and all the other Montana Mint Sports podcasts. Buy their stuff at montana-mint.com. Okay, on Fantasy Builder, you know the rules. Four rounds, quarterback, running back, receiver, and a flex player. We go a position at a time, regular fantasy scoring, and we will have all the the teams that you can vote on uh, up on our Twitter accounts, and we will have the results at the end of the weekend of who won and who lost, starting at quarterback. Brian Marceau, you get the number one pick. Who are you taking? This, to me, is a no-brainer. Sacramento State gets to play Cal Poly and their least efficient defense in the conference. I'm going to go with Kevin Thompson. Mason Petrino. Okay. Uh, Lance, pick number two. Well, after Brian took the guy I was going to pick, I guess I got to go with a little homer and take Case Cookus because you never know what he can do, especially this week against Portland State. It's kind of hard to pass up on a guy like that. Yeah. God, I just love Case. I hope Case ends the year with a ton of touchdowns and gets a look in the NFL. Just a really, really solid dude. Montana parlay, third pick of the round. Who do you got? I had a... Three guys, two of them are crossed off, so I go Eric Berrier against the Grizz's uh, porous pass defense. Eric Berrier, number three. Kyler, who do you have last pick of the round? I am going to send producer Jerry something not too nice. You know, this is the third time on the show, and the third time I've got the last QB pick. And you guys <laughs> took all of mine, and everyone else sucks. So you know what, just to... Just to mess with Montana Parlay, I'm going to take Nate Ketteringham, and I hope he goes off. (laughs) 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 I'm doing it. I love it. Running backs. Kyler, coming back to you. Number one pick. All right. At least least I got someone good on this. Um, It's hard not to take Josh Davis, who's, you know, going against the 10th worst rushing defense in the big sky, UC Davis. Yep, I'm taking Josh Davis. Josh Davis, okay. Uh, number two pick here, Montana Parlay. Kyler, you're whining about Jerry, but I pick three, two, four, and three. I, I have a handicap because I win so much. Um, <laughs> so, But I'm going to take Sergio Hoffman. Uh, speaking of bad run defenses, he's facing northern Arizona, indoors on the turf. He'll have at least 50 points by himself. That's a big statement from Parlay. Pick number three in the running back round, Lance. Who do you got? Well, after you guys just nabbed my guy, Serial Hoffman, for going against NAU, might as well go with the triple option team with Dewey Trans Sampson. Just might as well get that yardage and attempts. Touchdowns aren't there, but hey, at least he's going to get his usage. Yep, and a really fun name to say, Brian Marceau. Close us out. I'm going to still stay in Cal Poly. But I'm gonna gonna pick Elijah Dotson so I get my yards from pass from pass receptions and rushes. Very strategic. All right, receivers. We got Lance kicking us off. Gotta go with Jeff Cotton. I know that black clouds coming to Idaho with Mason coming back in, <laughs> but someone's got to catch passes. Are you sure you want the guy on a bye week, Lance? No, I think he does. Oh my I gosh, think he does. A, they're on a bye week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, no. I was going to say, he's not on my list. I'm looking over at producer Jerry. Being your first-timer, Lance, Jerry's going to let you uh, pick again in the wide receiver. Five seconds. 
Oh, man. Might as well go Stacy Chuck Lumezzi from NAU. Going to be a little homer here, but he's coming off back-to-back 150-yard games, most recently lighting up Weaver State, one of the best defenses. <laughs> All right, Kyler Neal, who do you got? Yeah, I, I think I have to go with any wide receiver that's going to play against the worst passing defense in the big sky and one of the worst passing defenses in the country, Montana. But I'm just I'm torn on which wide receiver I want to take from Eastern. Um, I'm actually going to go with Jason Williams, who's kind of been Eric's favorite target the last two weeks. He's averaged eight catches, 118 yards the last two games. Um, I think he'll be able to pick apart the Grizz. Brian Marceau? Going with the league leader in reception, Sammy Akem from University of Montana. I love it. You know how to butter up the judges there, Brian. And uh, Montana Parlay closing us out on receivers. Man, I'm picking fourth here. Notice I'm towards less in every one. Uh, guy makes a mistake and picks one of my top guys. Another one is almost doesn't pick Jason Williams. Leaves me with Mitch Geller, which is a still a pretty solid pick at Southern Utah, and he's been they've been looking his way a lot. Yeah, he's had, he's had a couple of really nice weeks in a row. Last round flex, pick anybody you want except Troy Anderson, Kyler Neal. Who do you got? Yeah. Yeah. If Dalton Sneed's not playing, maybe Jerry Louie McGee will get some more snaps. Um, I'm going to pick Jerry Louie McGee because Eastern's Washington's defense is not that good. So I think he can run all over us. Uh, Brian Marceau. I'm going to take my Troy Anderson light, Travis Johnson from Montana State. No. (laughs) Johnson, uh, Tedland, or Montana Parlay. Who do you got? Let's see. Well, I just keep getting swiped here. Uh, So I'm going to take that other Eastern or one of the other Eastern Washington receivers, hoping he's fully healthy, Andrew Boston. Boston and Lance close us out here. I'm going to go running back out of UC Davis, Yonzo Gilliam. Let's see if Weber State can actually stop the run this week. That is a great last pick. All right, looking over at Jerry's, plugging these picks into the computer, running his algorithms to see who is bringing us to the showdown. Contestant number one, panelist number one, I believe the champion from last week, Montana Parlay, making to the finals, and Brian Marceau making to the finals, largely because of that Sammy Akem pick in the wide receiver round. Guys, uh, we have questions here. And the Harry Potter. My (laughs) word, what a round for Brian. Um, final round here, four questions, um, winner of this, get some time to talk about whatever he wants. Question number one, uh, we have criticized Weaver state for their lack of offense, uh, early in the season. It's definitely a narrative that is stuck throughout the season. Uh, but the facts are starting to show a little bit of a different story in FCS games, not FBS in just FCS games. Weber has scored 41, 29, 41, 29, and 51 points. All of those are wins in their game against uh, UC Davis this weekend. Will Weber State score over or under 28 points? Montana parlay. Okay, so I want to go real back quick to those scoring outputs against the FCS teams. It's a little misleading. 41 against Cal Poly, terrible defense. 29 versus UNI. Solid, but a lot of turnovers, and they were shut out in the second half. 41 versus Idaho. I think they're starting someone like me uh, at quarterback that game. That makes it easy. 29 
versus Southern Utah. They only got 29 versus Southern Utah. And lastly, 51 against NAU. Terrible defense. That I'll put them right at 28 points. All right. You have to go over or under. That sounds like a number. 27. Under. 27. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I'm taking the over partially because UC Davis's defense is dog shit. They're number 10 overall in the big sky. They're also the number 10 rushing defense, give up over 200 yards a game. UC Davis doesn't, sorry, Weber State doesn't have to let their atrocious quarterback combo of Jake Constantine or Kane Jenks do anything. They just hand it off every play, they'll be fine. Yeah, I like their running backs in this game too. Uh, question number two We know Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, they're done, done. They're not making the playoffs. We have seen all we need to out of them. But there's a few teams that are towards the bottom, but a little frisky uh, about maybe if they went out, could they potentially have the resume make the playoffs? That's Idaho, Idaho State, and Northern Arizona. They're on the outside looking in. Uh, but I want you to tell me which of those teams has the best chance to make a late playoff push. Brian, starting with you. No question the best team, uh, the team of the best shot is NAU. Idaho's done. Uh, we didn't pick up. Idaho and Idaho State didn't schedule well enough in the non-conference to have a shot. If NAU wins out, they have a chance. And they're not going to beat Sac State, but if there's a miracle that happens and they beat Sac State, they have a schedule they theoretically could win out against. So no question number one is NAU. Idaho and Idaho State are tied for last. Montana Parlay, Idaho, Idaho State, NAU. Okay, we forgot Portland State, but they'd need to go 4-0. They're out. Northern Arizona's defense is terrible. They're out. ISU, unless they beat BYU, they don't have a chance. So, you know, <laughs> Brian, he's being a little bit of a homer contrarian here. None of these teams have much of a chance, but out of them, Idaho by far has the best chance. Uh, they can win three out of four now that they actually have a QB. And Lance, I'm going to pull you in here real quick. First-timer, Northern Arizona expert. Give us a percent chance of the Lumberjacks making the playoffs this year. Five. Five percent. All right. That actually might be the best odds out of all those teams. Um, sticking with Northern Arizona, over the weekend, Case Cook has became the all-time Northern Arizona touchdown passing leader. Guys, is this a product of pure talent or just the fact that he has been quarterback at NAU for seemingly the past 25 years, Montana Parlay? Well, I'd say it's both a product of talent and longevity, but it's mostly a product of a terrible defense. You kind of like that Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. If your defense is giving up a score every time, you've got to come back and move the ball yourself. So to me, it's a mix of those three factors. Brian Marceau, do you agree? No, I'm going to go with talent, man. Uh, Case Cookus has thrown 96 touchdowns and 20 interceptions on his career. It's you know essentially a five to one ratio, 62% completion percentage. That's over like three or four offensive coordinators, like he told us in media days. Uh, yeah, he's started a ton, but he started right when he walked on campus because he was talented. That that's why he's setting records. All right, last question, guys. We have a very good slate of games this weekend. Montana State traveling North Dakota. Sac State at Cal Poly. Eastern Washington, obviously, traveling to Montana. That's the root sports game. Idaho State at Southern Utah. Portland State at NAU. And Weber State traveling to UC Davis. Which of these games is the game of the week? Brian, what do you think? 
No-brainer, Eastern Washington at Montana. It, the game matters a ton for both teams because Eastern has to win out and Montana needs to pick up as many wins as they possibly can to not have a repeat of last year where they need to win against the Cats to make the playoffs. Eric Berrier's rebounded re- relative to having some accuracy struggles earlier in the year. And it's also a big question mark on what Boise State transfer Cam Humphrey looks like for Montana. So to me, it's got the intrigue of, hey, we don't know what's going to happen because both teams are good. Plus, it matters for both teams. Montana Parlay, what's your game of the week? No matter what the mumblings and rumblings in the Big Sky Podcast Network are, uh, producer Jerry and I do not have a connection. He doesn't feed me the answers. So I had to prepare for two answers here, not knowing whether I'd go first or second. And I'm saying Weber at UC Davis. Weber's not favored. They're number four in the country. UC Davis is in a must-win situation. Uh, I'd like to see if Weber can score on the road against a good team, a good team that will prepare for their run game. They know that Weber can't pass. We'll see how those stats um, end up at the end of the game against a decent coach in a must-win game on the road. Man, Weber State loses this weekend. It is absolute chaos in terms of the playoffs going forward. Uh, looking over at Jerry, you know, this is this may be because he did the best on the program. It may be because we're just so thrilled that the King Spud Trophy is going back to Moscow. But Brian Marceau, you are our winner this week. Let's give you 30 to 40 seconds. Talk about whatever you want, Big Sky Football related. I have to tell you guys, it felt so good to go to that Idaho-Idaho State game and finally be able to cheer for my team without having to partially in my head think I really want us to get our asses kicked so we get the hell away from this coach last year against Montana when Montana traveled to Idaho because of how bad we we did with the transition and how indefensible continuing to play his son was I truly rooted for Montana to beat the shit out of us like they did except it changed nothing but it looks like there's a chance things are going to get better in Idaho we don't have the $1.9 million we need to buy out Paul Petrino, so he's going to keep making 446000 a year. But when we only have one person from his family with a footprint on our program, we look like we might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, where can, uh, yeah, where can folks find you on Twitter and uh, on your podcasts? So I'm on Tubbs the Club, which is at Tubbs the Club on Twitter. You can follow me at Brian Marceau. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. Also, sign up at Montana-Mint for the Montana Mint Sports Letter Newsletter, which I edit every week. It's the best one-spot shop to get all Big Sky news on just about every team. Yeah, if you're not down, if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, what the hell are you doing if you're a Big Sky fan? It is truly a one-of-a-kind product. Uh, every week, very good content. Brian does a great job putting it together with some just like really unique takes. Uh, good links from around the league. Montana Parlay, where can folks find you on Twitter? Well, I'm hanging my head low a little bit. That's two second places in a row. I can't believe you forgot that <laughs> Nuge won last week, and I was in second. Oh. So. Anyway. Uh, have you, have Mon- you ever won? I won once. You know, I gave the best ran of the season on streaming options. But, uh, okay. no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm going to make it through. At Montana Parlay. Follow me for the best picks in the big sky. Uh, don't follow my picks outside of the big sky. You will lose money. But as long as you, you follow my big sky picks, you'll end up in the green. Kyler Neal, where can people find you on Twitter and where can they find your podcast? 
Yeah, so first I just got to say am I, I'm humbly um, now not the defending undefeated champion of this Big Sky Big Takes. <laughs> um, good job, Brian. But <laughs> you can find me on FCS Fans Nation as well as Eagles Power Hour or just Neal underscore 88 on Twitter. Go Eags and F the Grizz. And Lance Hartzler, first time on the pod. Thanks for joining us. Where can people check out all your great NAU content? No, I take that first loss with pride. I'm going to take that 0-1, take that L. But, yeah, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at Lance underscore H-A-R-T-Z. That's at Lance underscore Hartz. If you want, care about NAU news, cover basketball and football primarily. Awesome. Well, that's it for Big Sky Big Takes. Thanks, our panel, for being here. Thanks to all of you for listening. And check back next week where hopefully – We're talking about the Grizz's big win over Eastern Washington. See you next week. (laughs)